There is nothing better than getting breaking news during a sports day, and we just got some that you need to be aware of. Get this. Sean Payton gets traded. Why? Because he was still under the rights of the New Orleans Saints. Gets traded to the Denver Broncos. More on that in a second. Right now, that is Dave Hellman, NFL insider. He's going to give you a lot of information on this trade that you must hear. This is the brilliant Joy Taylor. Very bright today. I like that outfit, Joy. Eagles all-time rushing leader, LaShawn, Shady, <laughs> McCoy, 252 Live. I'm Emmanuel Otto. This is Speak, but enough about introductions. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Sean Payton goes to Denver. Sean Payton, remember what he did with New Orleans. He won a Super Bowl, brought New Orleans a Super Bowl in really shocking fashion. He coached Drew Brees. Drew Brees, a runner-up for MVP, not one, two, three, but four times over the course of his career. Now, Sean Payton to Denver being finalized is the information we have all been waiting to hear. Uh, going to be that new head coach. Bring us on camera. Y'all get it, y'all get it, y'all get it. Let's discuss it. Russell Wilson was the biggest disappointment in the National Football League this year. Fair to say? Yes. Fair to say. Russell Wilson, the biggest disappointment in the National Football League this year. Dave Hellman went on record, and I agreed in saying that Russell Wilson is under more pressure than any other player in football, regardless of what happens this offseason. He's under more pressure. He got a quarter billion dollars from the Denver Broncos. The Seattle Seahawks, they received first-round picks in exchange for Russell Wilson, and Geno Smith outplayed Russell Wilson. Yeah. Geno Smith going to a Pro Bowl this year. Russell Wilson having statistically his worst season in his illustrious career this year. So now the most important thing really in football this offseason is can Russell Wilson be fixed? Mm. That's the question that everybody has to figure out. Can Russell Wilson be fixed? But get this. If there's one person to fix Russell Wilson, it's Sean Payton. Why do I say that? Jameis Winston, y'all realize, was 5-2 and two under Sean Payton. Jameis Winston, who in 2019 had 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Then in 2020, he sat out the whole year. Yeah. Then by 2021, under Sean Payton, he went 5-2 and two as a starter. But forget about Jameis for a second. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater in 2019 was 5-0 oh under Sean Payton as a starter. Teddy Bridgewater in 2017 sat out the whole year. Teddy Bridgewater in 2018, he only started one game, but by 2019, under Sean Payton... Teddy Bridgewater 5-0 as a starter. But forget about Teddy Bridgewater. Let's talk about Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill played quarterback at BYU, but he was most known for running. How do we know this? He went undrafted. Green Bay Packers picked him up. But after the Green Bay Packers let him go and Sean Payton gets his hands on him, Taysom Hill 7-2 as a starter. But forget about Taysom Hill. Let's talk about Drew Brees. Drew Brees gets discarded by the Los Angeles at the, no, San Diego at the time, Chargers. Well, Drew Brees didn't pass the test, doesn't go to the Dolphins. Sean Payton gets his hands on him and just a few years later wins the Super Bowl. And as I mentioned, Drew Brees, a four-time runner-up for NFL MVP. If anybody can fix Russell Wilson, it's going to be Sean Payton. The second Sean Payton gets his hands on you, whether it be Taysom Hill, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater, whether it be Jameis Winston, and obviously Drew Brees, you have success, the greatest success you've ever had in your career. So Russell Wilson, you needed a magician. And Sean Payton showed up just in time. Dave Hellman, let me come to you. You've covered the sport 10 years now. You know more about football than really any person at home that hasn't played the sport for sure. Break this down for me. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. Can Sean Payton fix Russ? If anybody can, it should be Sean Payton. And that's why, honestly, it's surprising it took to this point because I almost feel like Denver didn't have another choice, especially when other candidates that had been here and done that took their names out of the hat. Like maybe you go after an established head coach like a Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn decides to stay in Dallas. 
Joy's been saying this all season. They needed a guy who had been here and done this, been a head coach. Like, this isn't a proving ground for a guy that's never had this type of responsibility, who's never overseen a team, let alone an offense. Sean Payton has the pedigree. I mean, I mean, you just you you how you just listed off all those accolades when this news just broke. Way to go, buddy. That's amazing. <laughs> Sean Payton has the pedigree. He's won the Super Bowl. Sean Payton, you could argue, is the archetype for what we look for in an NFL head coach, a successful one. The relationship that he had with Drew Brees to woo him to New Orleans when he was an injured quarterback who maybe hadn't been disappointing in San Diego, but certainly was not the guy that we grew to know. And he brought him in and said, we're going to build this offense around you. We're going to play to your strengths. And we know what happened with the Saints after that. And that, to this day, is what most teams look for. It's like, who is an offensive-minded head coach who can come in, identify quarterback talent, build an offense around the guy, and make him successful? Andy Reid's another one. I'm not saying Sean Payton is the only guy that's ever done this. But Sean Payton was so successful with such a disaster of a franchise, let's be honest. I yep. mean, the Saints might not have been long for New Orleans without Sean Payton. And for him, so, I mean, the, the pedigree speaks for itself. Obviously, we got to see how it plays out. But if there is a man with the pedigree, the confidence, the football mind, and, and the clout, I mean, think about what Sean Payton will mean to that locker room, to Russell Wilson, to anybody that plays for the Broncos. There's only one or two coaches working in football right now who have accomplished more than Sean Payton. So I almost feel like Denver didn't have a choice, especially when you consider the resources that that new ownership group has. When you got Walmart money, you got to swing for the fences, and this is a swing for the fence for sure. Shady, I'm going to ask you how excited the players should be about Sean Payton arriving in Denver momentarily. But, Joy, what's your initial reaction to this breaking news? Because it is a big deal. Well, congrats, Coach. This is what happens when you can pick where you want to go. Sure. And Walmart, it is Walmart money, so they're, they're not going to cry broke. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to get a nice contract, which he deserves. I think this is great news for everyone involved. I think this is a great space for Sean Payton. Outside of what has happened this year, the Denver Broncos are a respected franchise. They're a well-run franchise. This is not a place that we think of as dysfunctional. They have championships. They have standards. Their fan base has standards. They expect to win, and that's a good place to walk into. And Sean Payton has the clout, kind of more importantly, to walk in there. And if it's not successful, we will not lay it at the feet of Sean Payton because, as you mentioned, he has a long resume of production and success with guys that have gone other places and not have that same level of success. So this is the perfect situation for Russell Wilson. How it will work schematically, not sure yet. I'm sure we'll dig into that more throughout the show and over the next few days because Russell Wilson is better off script. But I think that Mm. if anybody can find a game plan, design an offense, and put pieces around him to get the best of whatever Russ has left, which, I mean, in my opinion, he still has it. I think this year was a disaster for a multitude of reasons, and Russ wasn't good, but Sean Payton will be the person and is the person and the, per- the best person available no. to fix him. So if, if you are the Denver Broncos, particularly with what you invested in Russ already, you got to double down. You can't just bail out now. So the, the picks or whatever, don't even worry about that because at this point you've already invested so much in Russell Wilson. He's going to be here for so long because of that investment. You had to go out and take a big swing and I, I love it. Shady, you're good at going off script. So because of the urgency of this news, let me keep you off script. Where do you want to take this conversation? What's your initial thought? What's the first thing that came into your mind when you heard of it? I, I love it, though. I'm so happy for, for not only just the Broncos getting a really good coach, elite coach, a proven coach, but for Russell uh, Wilson. Wilson, yeah. Like, he felt like a good with, 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 a, with a coordinator 
a guy like Sean Payton that can really teach him, like, the fundamentals. I, I think we get so blown away by the plays that Russell makes. Yep. But he's never really on script. Where Sean could, could, could give you both off script, on script. Now, think about this. Like, all, all, all the offenses that he's been a part of, you never really see them have struggles on offense. Taysom Hill, you yep. talk about him? With the Bucs, this is where the elite Bucs, and, and they were having issues with the quarterback position, and he was playing. There's no way they're going to beat us. They beat him, found a way, running the ball, keeping the, 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 the third downs, third and twos, third and ones. Like, having a coach like that, it, it, it's, it's, it takes so much stress off the team, off the offense. When you walk, if, if I'm a player, and I'm going back to, I don't know, a couple years ago, and they, they tell me my new head coach is Sean Payton, I'm like, oh, for real? You're excited. You get the juices going again. Now you feel good about being a Broncos player again. And they can't wait to get out there and compete against the Chiefs, against the Chargers, because now we got our, our, our type of Andy Reid. And Sean Payton, I mean, come on. If you ask for a coach that can really save Russell Wilson, Sean Payton. Break this down for the viewer at home. When you said our type of Andy Reid, you played under some of the most brilliant offensive minds in the history of the NFL. Now, some lasted longer than others, but say what you will, you're drafted to Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a yeah. brilliant offensive mind. Chip Kelly comes in there. You play under Chip Kelly for a couple seasons. We have to give him respect as an offensive mind. We have the number one offense in Philadelphia in 2013, yeah. so we have to acknowledge that. You play under Andy Reid again. You played under Bruce Arians. No risk it, no biscuit. You yeah. won two Super Bowls <laughs> there. Sean Payton has Super Bowls in his own right. How excited are the players when they hear about this news, and why does that head coaching position matter? The biggest thing is confidence. No matter who's up at quarterback, right? Second string, third string, hopefully it's the first string. You have confidence. We got our coach, uh, 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 Andy Reid, like you talked about, Bruce Arians, Sean Payton, that we always will have a chance, right? So if, if we do stay healthy, and then again, football, people get hurt. You know, people get banged up. It's a contact sport. But we always will have confidence. I think with Sean Payton, if you look at his resume, look at his team, especially with the Saints, I mean, there's, there's games that they won that they shouldn't have won. Yeah. I, even, I even take you back a little bit. So when, when Drew Brees, we all know Drew Brees has been a superstar quarterback because that's what he really was. But there was a time, right, our, our last, my last year with the Bucs, we won a championship. Drew Brees was not Drew Brees. But Sean Payton and him found a way to get a game plan where – because Drew couldn't throw the ball deep no more. That, it was over. Right? They would have games where he would come in and play a lot, and then Jameis Winston would come and get some plays. That's a, smoke, a smart coach. Right? So our quarterback that's not playing the same level he used to play at, the elite level, yep. he can't throw the ball over, what, 60 yards, 50 yards, so we're not going deep no more. Finding ways to make a guy like Mike Thompson, uh, Thomas. Michael People Thomas. forget about Mike Thomas, yep, right? Man. Michael Thomas yeah. was a dog. And I think that he really succeeded in that offense. I could keep going with different players. So now as a, as a player, when I have a coach like that, the confidence out the roof. Now, now I know I'm going to get my, my, my plays. Jerry Judy, he know he's going to get his. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what, what this team looks like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The other urgently breaking news I just found out, D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator for the hey. 49ers is going to the Houston Texans. Hold, uh-uh, hold the applause. <laughs> I don't like it. Oh, you don't like it? I don't like oh, it. Can we say congratulations first? Congrats. Hi. Six-year deal. Congrats oh, on, the, congrats congrats on the, bag. the bag. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, we got 
we gotta read the rest Congrats of the bag. Congrats on the bag. Congrats on the bag, Miko. Uh, Miko, literally like a big brother to me, former teammate of myself, former teammate of LaShawn right. McCoy. He was a linebacker in Philly. So when I was there, a young pup, trying to figure out how to learn and who to learn from, me and D'Amico had several conversations about life, about faith, Great about dude. ball, an incredible human being. Congrats on the six-year deal, D'Amico. That means it's a lot of money. Here's why I don't like it. Uh-oh. The Texans hired David Cully two years ago. And from Andy Reid's tree. Hired David Cully, but it was weird, right? Remember Deshaun Watson said he wanted a black head coach. Yep. Next thing you know, they hired David Cully. Wide receivers coach for the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken, at the time. Kind of an odd hire. What made it even more odd, they fired him after one year. Yeah. Cut to, okay, we got to figure out who to hire. Got to figure out who to hire. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Oh, we got to... Defensive coordinator on staff. I believe that's who Lovey Smith was. Again, we're doing this all off top of our head because uh, we got the breaking was. news during the course of yeah, breaking news. Was. So I apologize if I'm wrong. Okay, we've got to find somebody. Hire Lovey Smith, defensive coordinator. Okay. He gets fired after one year. D'Amico Ryans is going to a team with a completely empty cupboard. Yeah. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have the number one overall pick because you won the last game of the right, season. Right. You needed to lose. So they had the two or three. You got right, second so, overall okay, pick. Okay. You got a really good running back, and you don't have uh, any real, like, stars on defense. No, they don't. No galvanizers. Even when the Texans were meh, mediocre, you still had a J.J. Watt to hang your hat on. Okay. Uh, even when the Texans were, were mediocre, we still had a Whitney Merciless to hang your, you hang your hat on in yeah. its prime. Like, you still have some guys. I don't like it, Shady, because not all money is good money. Okay. All money, money. But it ain't all good money. Not all head coaching jobs are good coaching jobs. Talk to me about how you feel about D'Amico so, going to Houston. I, I like the move. And you see, it's a six-year deal. Yeah. So, so first of all, he was a big hire. Everybody wanted D'Amico Ryan. True. He was the hottest thing on the market. Well, probably him and Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. But my thing is this. When he goes in that meeting, that's the first thing he's going to say. Listen, I see that you hired your last two coaches. They were black coaches. Thank you. Thank you. But you <laughs> fired him after one year. How would, if I take this job, how would that change? Because, listen, it's an interview that y'all want me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to tell you what I want. That's why I gave him a six-year deal. So I think in six years, he can turn that thing around. D'Amico, listen, you've been a, 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 a teammate of D'Amico Ryan's. So have I. There's no better player that motivates his guys than D'Amico Ryan's. He plays defense. I play offense. Why am I talking to you before the game? <laughs> he would get me so hyped up, right? And, I, and so when I see the success he has with the 49ers, I'm not surprised. He puts that type of work in. I love the move. I love the hire. You're in a soft div- – ah, let me not say that. Their, their division's not that good. Manageable. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, manageable. 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 Right, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's one of the weaker divisions. It's one of the weaker divisions. All right, I can say that thing. See, that, OG going to let me know that. Anyway, <laughs> it's one of the weaker divisions in football, so you have time to grow. I do think that D'Amico Ryan's in three, two years, three years, he going to put some players together, draft some guys, make some trades, and the, the, his, his, the way he comes off, I think building that type of chemistry, building that type of – um, 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 camaraderie with the guys in the locker room, yeah. they might put something together. I'm glad you Don't mentioned the picks. They have the Cleveland Browns first-round pick over the next two years, if I am not mistaken. Cleveland? Yeah, the, the Texans the Watson, the Browns. I mean, I don't think they're going to be one anytime soon. Joy, let me come to you. Instant reaction on this breaking news. D'Amico Ryans to Houston. Love it, hate it, in between. How you feel? I love it. I'm with Shady. A six-year deal changes the conversation. Uh-huh. Six years. And if you don't want me after three, you got three years to pay me. Yep. I'm, I'm cool on that. Yep. Anything less than that would have been a, a, a bad choice. But D'Amico knows what he's doing, yep. and he's absolutely right. You're going to fire a coach a year after a year? All right. You're going to have to tag some extra years on there if I'm coming because I can go smart. anywhere. Yeah. He was the top candidate outside of Sean Payton this year. He's got the number one defense in the league. He's obviously a culture guy. That's his reputation. 
And in, and he's played. He played in Houston for six seasons. So he he knows this area. That's he knows true. this that community. Is, yeah. I think this is a great hire. I understand the. I understand the pushback on black coaches getting opportunities where they're set up for failure. In this situation, the cupboard is empty. But you are going, you're going to get a quarterback in the draft at the second overall pick. Now, it wasn't the first overall pick, but you're still going to get a quarterback with that pick. You still have other picks available to you. You have a six-year deal, so you have some runway to build up your roster and, and, and reinvent and truly put your stamp on this organization. Right. Because that deal is so long, the, it, like, that they're, they're going to have – he's going to be there for three years. Unless it's a complete yeah. collapse – and goes just catastrophic, he's going to be there for at least three years. And if you are a good head coach, you should be able to make some changes within those three years. And culture is the most important thing for Houston. Houston has no culture, has no identity, has no stars. So D'Amico comes in with his first opportunity to put his whole fingerprint on everything in the organization and really set the tone there. I, I think it's a great move for him, and, and especially because he has some history there. Here's why I am weary, Dave Hellman, and maybe because I'm more biased because of my relationship with D'Amico. It's oil and water. The Texans had uh, their former owner um, said that you can't let the inmates run the prison. Oh, he did say that. Former owner. That was crazy. Um, then Jack Easterby. Who is he? Yep. Google Jack Easterby, right. you at home. Yep. He was like the team chaplain, not chaplain, Kind of acting as a general manager, not general manager. Google him. Google, it's, it's like yeah. The, yeah, it was chaos. The, the biggest sure. enigma in all of sports was a man named Jack Easterby. Literally look it up after the show. Watch us. Um, then <laughs> you fire Coley, you fire Lovey. So the Texans have no idea what they're doing. And then you bring in D'Amico, who is the most one-sided, streamlined human being I ever met. Ever met. It's oil and water to me, Dave. Well, what should that tell you? And first, uh, there's the, the, uh, the former owner. Cal McNair is the owner now. That was his dad. His dad passed away. So ownership has changed, even though it's the same family. Easterby's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, w- and I'm guessing here, I've never met D'Amico Ryan's a day in my life, but if the most sought-after coordinator in football who passed up on jobs last year takes this job, what does that say to me? It says, that, like, this was not the Texans just doing whatever they wanted. This was D'Amico Ryan saying, I'll come. If you promise me that this little sideshow is over with, and I mean, that's a six-year deal. That's my one concern about D'Amico Ryan's taking this job was what you just illustrated. You know, David Culley only gets a year. Lovey Smith only gets a year. Six-year deal? I, it's easy for me to imagine D'Amico walking into that interview and saying, I'm not them. I've been the best D.C. in the league for the last two years. I'm not, I'm not grateful for this opportunity. I'm waiting for go. the right opportunity because mm-hmm. I have earned that respect. And the Texans giving him a six-year deal, to me, says they're on board with that. They know what they've been through the last few years. They need stability. They need good coaching. I love it if I'm right about that. And I bet I am. Because, again, D'Amico Ryan's already sat out of a hiring cycle. Right. He already did it. So I don't think he'd be afraid to do it again. Real quick. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. They are, they're, poised to, they're poised to fix this thing quickly if they do it the right way. It's not just that they have Cleveland's first-round picks. They're picking five times in the first two days of the draft this year. First two days, that's the first three rounds. Those are the money rounds where the ballers are. They're going to pick five times. Then they've still got multiple first-round picks next year. They can get their quarterback. They can restock their defense. They already weren't – they were nowhere near as bad as the record indicates. We talk about that all the time. They gave so many good teams tough games. They took the Cowboys to the wire. They took the Chiefs to the wire. 
I think D'Amico Ryans could turn this thing around pretty quickly with the resources. You know what the But here's first three rounds of the draft. <laughs> the ball, is that, here's why I don't like it. Here's why I don't like it though, Dave. Um, you think about all of these good things, a six-year deal. That don't mean nothing to me. In pro sports, and maybe because I'm jaded by it, I've seen a lot of big contracts be voided after two years. We saw six years deal on your Kingsbury. first year coach. Cup Kingsbury. Still, no, 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 no. Go ahead. A six-year deal on their first year as a coach. You see that? This before? is like a Matt Rule type of deal. Matt had what seven years? Something yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, and, he played, and, and, he, I mean, and he was there for three years. But here's why fired. it doesn't mean anything because. We saw this, we literally saw this less than a year ago. Ooh. Cardinals got Cliff Kingsbury extended till 2027, y'all. 20, and it's Cliff. This 42 year old. I'm saying your first, your first year, your first year, your first contract. You're talking about extension. Yeah. Your, your first year, we give you the keys. We have a new coach that give you the keys. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly was the best example. Yeah. Whatever, I don't care what they said. You gave me the keys. And he got two. He got two good ones. And I what, mean, was, he, and he what was his deal? What, a six-year deal? Probably a five. I don't know, but I know I only got two. He didn't make it to a third year. Paying out three years is different than paying out five years. Mm-hmm. They have to pay him for six years, regardless that's, of what yeah. happens. I under, and that's I guaranteed know, money. The that the, signed. There yeah. you go. Give they me do. signature, whatever, however they do it. Six years of payment is happening. And that's a lot of money, especially to pay someone not to coach after you you are already probably paying other people. So you paying two just, coaches then. I'm just, I'm just I'm, not go, I'm not going to say it's a good, it's a good move. Based on that. But to Dave's point, and, and you two know him personally, he seems like a serious person. Yes, he is. This was his choice. He could have chosen a lot of options. He had options. He had options last year. So I'm going to trust a place that he obviously knows, played there for six years. He has experience in that city. They, they are a, a team that needs a full rebuild anyway. They bring in a guy who's a culture guy who has a resume has experience in the city and in that organization, and all of those picks. And he was a dog. Domingo, he was now, a beast. Not to mention, too. I believe he was a defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, coming he out was, of he'll play his highlights in okay, there. Okay, let me, let me say this real quick, because you do have to go to commercial. Let me think about this. Okay, the NFL teams that made the playoffs this year, um, the Seahawks, Pete Carroll, OG, mm-hmm. defensive-minded coach. But then you got the Niners, Shanahan, offensive-minded. Uh, Brandon Staley, he almost got fired, defensive-minded. Then you got Doug Peterson, offensive-minded. Uh, Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, offensive-minded. Sean McDermott, defensive-minded. Uh, you got Brian Dable, offensive-minded. Zach. You got Kevin O'Connell, offensive-minded. You have Zach. Harbaugh, and then you have Zach Taylor, offensive-minded, plus Andy, Andy Reid, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive-minded coaches are in right now, Dave Hellman. Yeah. Like they are, I believe it was the David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, said he wanted an offensive-minded head coach because of the way the rules are right now. Offensive-minded head coaches are in. Last year's Super Bowl, I believe it was offensive mind, offensive mind. Last three was Yeah, last three Super Bowls. Offensive minds, they're in right now. I don't even know who I want to come to this, but Dave, I'm going to you because (laughs) I always go to you with my off-the-top-of-my-head football questions. How do you feel about it knowing that it's really offensive-minded head coaches that are winning? And D'Amico Ryan's a defensive-minded coach for those who do. I hear what you're saying, and I've always – I lean toward wanting to hire that type of coach. But number one – you, I mean, it, it's kind of like the draft. Like, do you, do you ignore the best player available just because it might not be what you want? You know, like at a certain point, the value outweighs the situation. And, I mean, this is arguably the best coaching candidate available, especially with Sean Payton going somewhere else. And then on top of that, Houston needs so much. You know, this is a team with no identity, with very little in the way of premier talent. They need a guy that can just come in and, like, mold and inspire a locker room. I, th- I think it's a great hire. Just based on what I know from watching his teams play and from watching y'all talk about him, 
a roster full of young players that don't know how to win, I would imagine, would feed off of this guy tremendously. And if he makes a good offensive coordinator yeah. hire. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to the offensive coordinator hire when you have a defensive coach. I think defensive coaches can still have success in this league, but they have to have a strong offensive coordinator. Which I think he will hire. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy too much into that. Because like, even like the, the good offensive teams, like, like the Niners, mm-hmm. right? Their best point is defense. The Eagles. I love the Eagles, but their best point is defense. Mm-hmm. And they offensive coaches, head coaches. So I don't buy too much into that. Welcome to Speak. Now, every day is a great day to have LaShawn McCoy on the show, but there is no better day than this. You all have heard the breaking news. Tom Brady, greatest football player of all time, has retired. But you haven't heard from a person that actually played with Tom Brady. Nobody on national television doing a daily show has played with Tom Brady. LaShawn McCoy, you not only played with Brady, but two years ago, you won the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's final Super Bowl with him. I want to take a moment right now and bring the viewers into the conversation that they haven't heard all day. Tom Brady, you played with him. That's right. What do people at home not know about the greatest quarterback at all time that you know specifically from being on the field with that man? Oh, so many different things. I think that the biggest thing is Tom Brady might be the biggest player we've ever seen in football. He's probably the most humble player we've ever had. Elaborate. For example, there's, I remember times where we wanted to change different plays. Like, oh, let's do more runs. Let's do more um, short, immediate passes. And B.A. and Leftwich, those are coaches, they want to throw the ball deep. And I'm sitting there like, when I was on top of my game, when I was the guy in Philadelphia, I'm going up to the, to, the, to the head coach's desk or door. Look, I want these plays, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but Tom said, you know what? He said, no way, guys. No, no. It was like the skill positions. Wide yeah. receivers, running backs. He said, no. They're the coach. I'm the player. If that's, the, that's the plays they're calling. I'm running that. And he was just so humble. I'm like, God. A guy like that who has accomplished so much in his league, won so many championships, so many Super Bowls and, and rings and, and stats. And really to be like, he's the coach, I'm the player, that just struck me in a different light. So he's one of the most humble players you ever meet. Okay, I got, I got this question because I was thinking in 2013, you and I were teammates. Yeah, Before yeah. you were ever teammates with Brady. And we had the Patriots come down to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, yeah. We practiced you against them that? for yeah. a week. <laughs> I remember we were in the Marriott Hotel. That was a hotel right next to the airport where we would stay at. I remember Tom Brady got into the elevator. And everybody was like, it's Tom Brady, it's yeah. Tom Brady. We practiced against them in 2013. Then in 2014, we went to Foxborough. We stayed there for a week. How did your perception of Tom Brady change from before you were his teammate to after being his teammate, taking handoffs from him, et cetera? You know what? You always hear all the, the, the stories. Now, like a lot of the players, the good players, we all hang out. So like Gronk, even before I played with Gronk with, with, with Tampa Bay, uh, we did commercials together, yep. Pro Bowls, we were yep. always hanging out. And there was this thing that like Tom was just a, a competitor. Um, um, you know, he works extremely hard. But then to, to hear that and then to see it and yep. playing with him, I'll give you a, a funny story, and I'll give you a serious story. Please do. The funny story is everyone knows that Tom Brady's not fast. That's the thing. And we would always joke with him, like, man, Tom, you look slow on tape. And he would joke, but in the back of his mind, he's like, hold up. I'm still faster than what people think. <laughs> so one time, Tom Brady, he raced one of our wide receiver coaches. Now, they are kind of like similar with age. I think Tom might be a little older, but I don't want to say the wide receiver's name or coach, coach's name. You know, I'll, I'll keep him under wraps. But anyway, they raced. And Tom won. <laughs> Tom won the race. And it was like it was like an ongoing joke. And then um, the, 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 the serious story with Tom Brady is the closer – okay, so we got into the playoffs, yeah. right? And uh, I remember Gronk said all the skill positions, the wide receivers, the running backs, tight ends. He said, listen, Tom is going to get intense. The playoffs comes, he gets more intense, more intense, more intense each week. Yeah. Sure enough, that Sunday, you know, they had the, uh, our, that Friday, the, the coach broke, broke everything down. We're in the playoffs. 
Monday came. My yeah. team meeting. We're getting ready for the playoffs. And Tom stood up and talked to the whole offense. That whole week he was so intense. He was on everybody's case. He didn't let nothing, nothing slip at all. Yep. Each week got closer to the playoffs, closer to the championship. He got more intense. I mean, on, cracking down on all, all, all the scout work, mm-hmm. preparation, and practice. Guys are laughing, joking. He's calling them out. If we mess up, a mess up a play in practice, we're doing it over so we all know it. I'm like, wow. That's my first time ever seeing a true leader. And that was Tom Brady. You won Super Bowl 55 with Tom Brady. They were at Super Bowl 57, so it's been less than two years. I got two more questions for you off the top of my head. The first one being, you said Tom Brady sent you all text messages. Yeah. The entire oh, yeah, offense. Yeah. Yep. Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls. Us at home, we're like, oh, wow, how's he done it? How'd he do it? But you know specifically how. What did those text messages that he would send during the playoffs, what would they read like? Just a preparation. So now, now you know, we watch tape. We're supposed to watch tape. We may watch two, three hours a day. And in playoffs, you might watch even more. Yeah. Right? So we would watch tape, and Tom Brady would send us a test message. It would be like a group text of like 15 people, maybe yep. 12, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. And he would single out every position. So let's say today was the cornerbacks, number 35. He has slow feet. He's great off the jam. He doesn't do well with back shoulder wow. passes. You could take him deep. Every single player and on a side chat, with all the other players like me, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, um, Lenny Fournette, yep. we're all joking like, yo, this guy is different. He's so locked in. So it's, I can see why teams struggle to beat him because he's so more prepared than anybody else. Yeah. Think about that for a second, crazy. though. I've never seen nothing like that. That's crazy. And, and, each, and each game that got closer to the Super Bowl, he was more and more dialed in. Final, finally, I need y'all help uh, uh, on the fifth floor. Run the video of Shady Uh-oh. and Tom Brady at the Super Bowl if we can. Might need you to pull back at the gym. Um, Shady. And by the way, I gave him the nickname seven times. So when he was there, I called him six times. Yeah. Championships. So everybody, like, what's up, six times? And he caught on to it. And then the last championship made him seven times. Now, at the Super Bowl 2-5, that was your second Super Bowl ring. Um, you won one the year before with Patrick Mahomes. This moment. This moment, you're whispering sweet Tommy. nothing, and Tom Brady's here. What did you say, Tom? I said, Tommy, thanks for the ring, baby. <laughs> ring me now. Thank, look, thank you, Tommy. Now, y'all ring me. That's two times. That's two times. Okay, let's head to the desk with the other two and get their opinion. On our far left, it is NFL Insider. That is Dave Hellman, knowing all things about football that you need to know. And this is the brilliant Joy Taylor. Joy, you have followed Tom Brady's career, the entirety of Tom Brady's career. What was your reaction to the retirement news? Well, I can't say I was surprised because we already did that. (laughs) The the first retirement, actually, the first time the news came down, I was doing my radio show for Fox Sports Radio. So I was on air. You know, yesterday we had to pivot and do a, you know, yep. a show completely that we didn't plan off of the Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryan's news. Well, I was on air when this story broke. So obviously now I'm doing two hours of Tom Brady retirement talk. Changed um, your whole day. By myself. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I mourned him. You know, I didn't know how emotional I was going to be. And I was, I was really, I really was sad. Yeah. I was like, this is... This is the greatest player that we've ever, in my opinion, the greatest football player that we've ever seen play. It's certainly the the greatest winner. And I think we can all remove the argument of the greatest quarterback. We can all at least agree on that. But now today, it feels very real. I'll say that. I know everyone's speculating about, like, is it real? Is he going to come back? Like, he literally just retired this morning. So let's give it a day before we start speculating. But we're in a new era now. Now, like, I really feel old. I'm like, we we are now, now officially in the new era of young quarterbacks. We have, we have turned the page on a chapter in the NFL, and I think that's pretty significant because Brady has gone through so many renditions 
of just the sport itself. I mean, he was playing when there was a massive shift from focusing on the defense and being able to game plan to really focusing on having a high-level offense and all of the, the rules, some of the rules he's responsible for changing. Yeah. So it's, it really is the next chapter in the history of the NFL, and I think that's significant. Dave, you've covered the sport for 10 years. You have written several articles on several athletes, but there is no athlete that demanded more articles. There is no athlete that demanded greater articles. There is no athlete that demanded and deserved more attention than Tom Brady. He announced his retirement. Your reaction? <laughs> Kind of what Joyce said. I was kind of like, all right, this, is this for real this time, Tom? Like, and I, I think you're right. I think there's finality here. But I just – I laughed this morning when we were talking about it in our group chat because I was like, this feels awfully familiar to last February. I'm just – and I love I love self-awareness maybe more than any character trait. Mm. I really appreciated the way Tom was like, in his own words, was like, I did the big essay last yeah. year. We don't yeah. need to do that again. So I really appreciated that. But, yeah, I mean, look, we talk about it from a player's perspective, from the league's perspective, but, like, those of us that, that love and follow and get paid to talk about the league, I mean, we were kids when Tom Brady took over. And now, I mean, especially for those of us that are younger, maybe there are older people who really... No, 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 I didn't mean you. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, you know, the older, older, older. Like older person. Shoot. I mean, there are, there are people playing in the league. There are people covering the league that don't remember Brady's career. I think we're all fortunate that we do. Yeah. But think about, just, I mean, just think about that. Like, he's always been there. And if he truly is gone, it's more than just like a changing of the guard within the NFL. It's yeah. everything about it from the way you watch it, from the way you cover it. We'll get into more of it. I mean... At some, like everybody knows, you know, everybody knows what he meant, what he's accomplished. And if this really is it, it's, it's kind of strange to think about. But I will say, like, until I see him not playing, I'm reserving just at least like a sliver. Like, you did this to me once, man. I don't know. We'll see. As you should. Of all the incredibly impressive things that Tom Brady accomplished, there's one thing I heard that was most impressive. And you at home may realize that you may have not have heard this yet. Tom Brady quite literally had three Hall of Fame careers in his three different decades, his 20s, his 30s, his 40s. Now, I could verbally tell you all, or I could also illustrate for you all, in, in Tom Brady's 20s, 147 passing touchdowns, three Super Bowl wins, 70 wins total. In Tom Brady's 30s, 309 passing touchdowns, two Super Bowl wins, 113 wins total. In Tom Brady's 40s, y'all, in his 40s, two Super Bowl wins, 193 passing touchdowns and 68 wins total. Quite literally had three different Hall of Fame careers. Dave, I'm coming to you with this question, and I've just thought of it. Once again, if y'all are not familiar with Speak, stay for a while. We have a lot of fun here. I asked Dave a bunch of random questions, Dave, and he has to answer We do them. so much prep, and then you're like, nah. <laughs> uh -uh. Tom Brady, three different Hall of Fame careers. Which one impressed you the most? What decade? What did the 20s? The 30s, the 40s. I would Why? say, I mean, well, winning a Super Bowl in your 40s with an entirely new organization speaks for itself. But I would, I would go with 07 to 16, his 30s, just because, and not to take credit away from him, but, like, we, we know there was more to that first run than just yeah. Tom Brady. Of it was a loaded team, top to bottom. But then in the 30s, you saw Tom Brady come into his own, become a 50-touchdown-per-season type of quarterback, and it actually didn't work out right away. It was the classic case of like, oh, when you pay your quarterback too much, can you really win Super Bowls? And then they just kept winning, 
and then reestablish themselves to have a second dynasty, like yep. a second run of three Super Bowls in quick succession, having already done that, when typically you're closer to the end of your career than the beginning for anybody else but Tom Brady, it would be. I just think that's so impressive. What they were able to do from 2011 until 2018, uh, unreal. This question is fun, so I'm going to ask it to everybody. Joy, coming to you momentarily. 2-5, Tom Brady's 20s, he wins three rings. His 30s, he wins two rings. His 40s, you get to be a part of it. You win his final ring with him. That is still crazy to say that I'm sitting next to you and you were playing with him. Which decade of his is the most, like, astonishing to you? I'm going to go with uh, the 40s. First of all, I'm part of that one. <laughs> and then also just, I mean, he was older. Right? Older, and, and everybody loves to talk about the Belichick. Oh, Belichick and Tom Brady. No, 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 no. It's Tom Brady and then some Belichick. Yeah. He goes to a new team, new organization, new franchise, right, and still gets it done with new players. Essentially, he was really a rookie. Think about that. I've been with a program for 20 years. Okay, you worked at Fox for 20 years. Yeah. Now you go to a whole other platform, another job, another work area. It's new for you. And for him to do the same thing he did in all the other decades and win a championship with a, with a program, with a team that hasn't been winning, with the same players, yep. the only difference was him. Yeah, Got to go with that that decade. Yeah, I have to go with the 40s also. I mean, we're, we're all aging every day, every moment. His ability to stay healthy, his yes. his – dedication to his body that he's even able to play at the level he was able to play is, is, is another chapter of his legacy, his ability to be available. We always say that availability is a skill. Tom Brady defined that. He actually has shown the rest of the league the blueprint for how to preserve your body, how you eat, how you train, how you stretch, how much time you put in in preparation every day. Shady, you were there, you know. He has that whole model of having your own trainer to that level. Obviously, Michael Jordan had, that, had it also, but at the, at the NFL level, it was pretty unique to see that. I mean, he, he was legendary for that, and it showed in his ability to play into the, his mid-40s and have a high level of success. So it's not like he was just out there. He was winning championships. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the, the 20s route. And it's just personal. The reason I'll take the 20s is I know what it's like to be a six-round pick. <laughs> know what it's like to be a six-round pick. Got I it. quite literally was a six-round pick. Six-round picks are not supposed to produce all that much. You're just not. You're supposed to make the team, be a backup, contribute on special teams. Tom Brady turned into the greatest player in the history of the game. We are astonished at what Drew Brees did, I believe, as a second-round pick. Second-round from Purdue. Yeah. Second-round, but, like, that is astonishing. Right? If you're the number one overall pick, Peyton Manning, we anticipate stuff like that. Troy Aikman, you win a whole bunch of rings. John Elway, we anticipate stuff like that. Andrew Luck, great career. But when you are a sixth-round pick, you're not supposed to be great, let alone the greatest of all time. Mm. And Tom Brady, you were just that. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Eagles, Chiefs. It's the game we've all been waiting for, but it's the matchup we've all been waiting for. Patrick Mahomes, first team, all pro, 45 touchdowns in totality on the year. He's been a bad man, 45 passing uh, for rushing. But on the flip side, Jalen Hurts, we know the damage that he has done. He's done it with his legs. He's done it with his arms. Y'all see the numbers. The numbers speak for themselves. There's a reason Jalen Hurts is an all pro. You can't take that from him, but... He's a second-team All-Pro to Patrick Mahomes, first-team All-Pro. There is a gap between these two quarterbacks. There's not a gap between these two teams, not yet at least. They're both in the Super Bowl. But between the two stars, there is a gap. The question becomes, how wide is that gap? Let's get to the desk. 
to get that answer. Dave Hellman, you sporting is that Eagles green? Uh, there's some irony yeah. here, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like he's wearing throwback Eagles green. Yep. This I'm is the Kelly current. green, yeah. <laughs> we got it all covered over here. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This, uh, you might be I was like, cowboys. You know, cowboy blue. No, I like I just like blue. Uh -oh. No cowboys. <laughs> you like blue. You see, he's coming no. over though. He is. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I got him. I love it. Welcome to Speak Off. This y'all's first time watching. We have a lot of fun here. Dave, I need you to answer this question, man. The biggest game, the biggest position, the best players, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. How wide is the gap between Mahomes and Hurts? It's substantial. I know I'm wearing green, but I've been watching Patrick Mahomes for five years at this point. It is a substantial gap. I would call it 49 of 50 first-team All-Pro votes substantial. Uh, Jalen Hurts has accomplished a lot this year, and, and he, he deserves every bit of that credit. But you're still comparing him to the best quarterback on the planet right now. It's, it's not a knock on him to say he's got some ground to cover before he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we just did this with Joe Burrow. Yeah. And Joe Burrow has not been named All-Pro, but has accomplished just as much, if not more. You could argue more, seeing as how he's also been to a Super Bowl. He's made two such playoff runs. He's not on Patrick Mahomes' level. I think it, it, it's early. It's so early to even try to attempt this conversation, in my opinion. Because remember, the other thing, too, we've seen Jalen Hurts' progression, right? And, and again, that's not to take credit away from him. His development is a big part of why the Eagles' offense is so good. But we saw what Jalen Hurts looked like in previous iterations of this offense, and now we see what he looks like with two 1,200-yard receivers. Meanwhile, we've seen Patrick Mahomes basically be great this entire time. I mean, Patrick Mahomes went to his first AFC title game when Jalen was still at Alabama, not even Oklahoma, Alabama. Like, before he even transferred, Patrick Mahomes was doing this. <laughs> and then Patrick Mahomes loses Tyree Kill, arguably the best receiver in football, and he's going to win the MVP. There's just levels to this thing. I hope people don't think it's a knock on me to say that there is a huge, huge gap in this conversation. Well, people who would think it would be a knock would be Eagles fans, maybe former Eagles players, maybe former Eagles all-time leading rushers, maybe LaShawn McCoy. So, Shady, you tell me, man, is there a gap? How wide is the gap between Mahomes, your former teammate who helped you get a Super Bowl, and his upcoming yeah. opponent, well, Jalen? I'll just be honest. I, I think it is a, a nice size gap, a nice margin. Um, but listen, this is only Jalen Hurts' second – No, no, second full year as, as a, a full-time starter. starter, yeah. That, that matters. And I think we're – Patrick Mahomes, he's the best quarterback in football. He's top – he's probably the top player in football right now. So when you kind of ask this question, you got to like look at the whole situation at, in, their, in their careers. Like, for, for example, Patrick Mahomes is six years in the league. This is really his fifth year starting, yep. right? He's been at three Super Bowl appearances, including this year. Yes, sir. Right? Five straight AFC championship games. So he's had, he has so much to, to judge from. More experience. The good, the bad. Having Tyreek Hill and then losing Tyreek Hill. Still getting it done. Like, you have so much from his career to judge on. Where Jalen Hurts, it's only his second full year starting. And the things that he's done in his second year as a full starter. Second team all pro. Mm -hmm. Joy. That's hard to do. Hard to do. Hard to so do. my thing is like, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of time to catch Patrick Mahomes. It is a nice margin. It should be. If it was close, it will be an issue. He has a lot of time to catch him, but Joy, he got about checks watched 10 days. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he catches him over the course of his career. All that matters is can he catch him <clears throat> on Sunday? And does he even have to catch him? The gap between Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, what does it mean if it does exist? In this game, it might not matter. How did the Patriots beat the Los Angeles Rams? Was Tom Brady spectacular? No, not at all. 500 yards. Pedestrian. This is one game. 
it really doesn't matter. We've seen examples of this. Now, throughout the season, yeah, throughout their, their careers, yeah, of course. Objectively, there's a gap. There just is. There's a gap in experience. There's a gap in accomplishments. There's a gap in wins and losses. There's a gap in statistics. There's a gap in working with different personnel. There's a gap. That's not a, that's not a knock. It's just factually accurate. <laughs> Nobody's even given their opinion in that, in that space. Patrick Mahomes has accomplished more. No one's arguing that the talent level is the same. He's now done it without Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, there's a gap. But when it comes to the Super Bowl, one game, you can step on the field against Tom Brady and beat him. And he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Shady, let me ask you this. If you are going to go up against a giant and slay the giant, you better be pinpoint accurate. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's David, whether it's Nick Foles, whether it's Eli Manning, you better have some accuracy. I, I like David. I like David better. Yeah, I like that. But you, be, you better have some accuracy. Um, when you think about Eli Manning's Super Bowl runs, and okay. clearly Eli Manning, there was a gap between him and Tom Brady, Tom, et cetera. Yes, for sure. Eli Manning in those runs, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, cumulatively. When you think about Nick Foles, obviously there's a gap between Nick Foles and Tom Brady. But Nick Foles played arguably the best yes, game yes. of his life. Four touchdowns, three passing, one receiving, 300-plus yards, no interceptions. Quite literally the best game of his yep. life. So for that gap to not matter, like Joy is surmising and I agree with, Jalen Hurts is going to have to play one of the best games of his life. You think he's primed for that because we've seen him deal with the shoulder injury. We've seen him the first two playoff games. Is he primed for I that? I mean, yes. Heck yeah, yes. It's the reason why this guy was up for the MVP, right? Now, I think Patrick – Is up, by the way. Like, yeah, it ain't yeah. over. No, it's I mean, pa- over. Patrick Holmes is going to win. over. But I think some of that's due to injury. You know, he couldn't really compete as much as he wanted yeah. to at the end. But listen, he's been lights out all year, 16-1 and one as a starter. Yes, he's ready, he ready, he ready for the big show. Dave, from what you've seen – on film, what you've seen on tape, I believe Jalen Hurts in the two playoff games, 270 yards cumulatively passing, I believe 130 yards cumulatively or so, rushing, two touchdowns rushing, two touchdowns passing. He's won the games. Hasn't been overly impressive, whether by the eyes or whether by statistics, but he's won the games. That's all that matters. Is he primed for the moment? Yeah, I think, I think he is, and I, I disagree a little bit with you. Jalen Hurts is going to have to play well. I don't think he's going to have to play the game of his life. That's yeah. what makes this such an yep. interesting matchup. Like, this is – I'm sure it's happened before, but in recent memory, this is the most obvious example. Again, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback doing it in the NFL right now. There's very there, – no, there's no way you can debate that. I don't know how anybody could. And the Eagles, if they aren't the best roster in the league, then it was San Francisco, and they just smacked them around. So I think clearly best team – 1-22 to 22 versus best quarterback, undoubtedly. Now, Jalen Hurts has a hell of a supporting cast that can help him do this. He can't turn the ball over. they got to find a way to run the ball. He's going to need to make more plays through the air than he has. I will say that. The Eagles got away with basically not having a threatening passing game these last two weeks because they didn't need to. I will be surprised if Jalen only needs to make two plays, and that's what he did against San Francisco. He made two plays in the passing game on the first drive of the game. And that was really about it. I don't think you can get away with that, but the Eagles are just so deep and they're so well-rounded. I think he can win this game playing well, whereas Patrick Mahomes, I think, needs to play the game of his life to overcome how much more deep the Eagles roster is. That's what makes it so fascinating to me is if there's a quarterback that can do it, it's probably Patrick Mahomes, but that's a hell of a lot of talent to overcome. Here's why I um, respectfully disagree. This game, I think, is actually eerily similar to the 2017 Super Bowl. 
matchup-wise. 2017 Super Bowl, who the Patriots have? It's a rhetorical question, but it's a question that y'all probably don't have the answer to because nobody was that memorable. They had Danny, Danny Amendola was their third receiver. Brandon Cooks that year was their second receiver. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski, a tight end, was our leading receiver. Gronk with the 1,000 yards, the face. Oh, wait. Brandon Cooks is a pretty damn good player. He absolutely just, is. Okay. But just... Brandon Cooks had 1,000 yards that season, and Juju Smith has 980 yards sure. this okay. season. I just put yeah, yeah, some no respect shame. on Brandon Cooks. No, but, yeah, no, I hear you. But for the record, I mean, again, I won't stop down for it, but I think Brandon Cooks has played on four teams in yeah. maybe eight years. So yeah. it's not like Brandon – go ahead. I'll wait on this face. Just keep that note when we go forward. I don't know where you're going, but no, I'm, I'm saying like sense might I, matter coming up very soon. I'm saying for as good as he is, the te- going, let, yeah. let me not get distracted. The teams are similar. Yeah, okay. The Patriots I have Tom Brady and guys. Tom Brady, Gronk, and guys. Right. The defense had Dante Hightower. Yeah. Should have had McCourty. I believe it had Patrick Chung. Had some pieces. The Eagles had a roster. Uh, Jamie Tom, uh, Jamie uh, Collins. Yeah. Eagles had a roster. The Eagles, I mean, were Eagles had yeah. Zach Ertz. Yeah. Eagles had uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Yep. Eagles had Nelson Aguilar, who went for 900 yards that year. Eagles had Torrey Smith, who went for 700 yards that year. Eagles had a litany of running backs. You can pick them. They had a litany of running backs. Ah, no, hold, no, hold, no, hold, hold. You think they was, that team was stacked on offense or defense? I would say as a roster. They had, because they had I, a nice roster. As a roster. The offense was open. They had a great pass rush. Yeah. As a yeah, roster. Yeah, I think defense-wise, they, they, they were like stack-stacked. Yes. Offense, I thought they were solid. They were, they, they, the point being, they had a better roster than the Patriots. The Patriots had Brady and Gronk. Yeah. The Chiefs had Mahomes and Kelsey. Okay. Okay, so here we go. So, Nick Foles had to go crazy because Brady went crazy. Like, you know, on the flip side, Mahomes going to go crazy. But that, I, I just feel like the Eagles team now, I think it's way better than that, that team, the Eagles team back then you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the first I'm hearing this conversation about that Eagles team. The conver- I'm not everywhere. saying that Eagles team is this Eagles team. Y'all, I'm missing, let me be more clear in how I speak. I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying, saying the matchup is parallel. The Eagles roster in 2017 I, I get, was yeah. better than the Patriots roster. Yeah. The Patriots offense had a quarterback that is the greatest of all time, a tight end that is the greatest of all time, and guys. I see your The Chiefs here. have I, a quarterback that is the greatest okay, of all okay, time, okay. a tight end that is the greatest of all time, and guys. Nick Foles had to go crazy because Tom Brady went crazy. Tom Brady set a, a Super Bowl record that game. I'm anticipating Patrick Mahomes will go crazy. Just because he's Patrick Mahomes. That's why I think Jalen Hurts is going to have to be more than just, like, good. I think he's going to have to be great because I think Mahomes will be great. That team is so good, though, man. Like, they've been winning games not throwing the ball. We're going to run it down your throats, right? And we're going to play great defense. We're going to turnovers. I just look at the, the Eagles team now. I mean, I think J- if Jalen plays great, like, I think it should be a no-brainer who should win the game. But let's just say he doesn't, right? It's a big game, and it's one game. You would be great all year and then have a bad game. That's happens. It's football. But I think the Eagles, the way they built this team, like, they should win this game. So Jalen doesn't have to be great I, to win. No, I don't I think don't, so. I don't think you so. See that, you see that roster? If we sit here and just, just hanging out and we start jotting down names yeah. of every position, we, I told you. It's going to be way more of the Eagles I think players. Patrick Mahomes has to be great to win. He's got to be unbelievable. And if he I is great, yes. they will win because Patrick Mahomes is that good. Keep in mind, too, like, and I'm with no, – I love Patrick Mahomes. You all know that. But we've seen him be neutralized in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Granted, the Chiefs were dealing with a lot of issues yeah. on their offensive line. But the Eagles made San Francisco's offensive line look bad the other day. Bad, bad. They got some guys that can get after Patrick Mahomes. Starters, about about eight yeah. of them. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think – 
Philly has quite an edge in this game, in my opinion. It just so happens that the Chiefs' edge is the most important position in the sport. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. I'm interested. Now, now I'm curious as what y'all have to say about Jalen Hurts not needing to be great. I think Jalen Hurts needs to be great. 